I want to turn to Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 12. It says, take heed. And that's my message tonight. Take heed. Amen. We can stop right there and we can all go home. Amen. <clears throat> take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart. That doesn't really mean wicked, but it just means a diseased heart. One is deteriorating. You know that he's, we know that this is possible in our lives. That's why he's telling us here to take heed. He's telling the church, take heed. Amen. Least there be any of you with a diseased heart, if you will, of unbelief in departing from the living God. Amen. So we do have that possibility that we can depart. Many have departed. We know that from the church and from the living God. And we know, and so he's warning the church or admonishing them to take heed. Amen. He said, but exhort one another daily. And that's why we need the church. While it is called today, least any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Stubborn. You ever tried to talk to somebody that's backslidden and you think, man, if I can just get to them, I can just talk to them, I can just reason with them. But you find that their heart has been hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. Confidence here means assurance. If we can hold the beginning of our assurance steadfast unto the end. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. Hebrews chapter 3, the same chapter, just backing up to verse 6, it said, But Christ as a son over his house, whose house are we, if we hold fast, hold fast the confidence, hold fast this assurance, and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Aren't you thankful for the hope that we have in Jesus Christ? We are reminded here that our salvation is conditional. You don't just say because you said one day I accept the Lord Jesus as my Savior. You're not even saved if you've just been baptized in Jesus' name and received the Holy Ghost. That's a good start. That's where you need to start. But if you just did that 50 years ago and haven't done anything else for the Lord, your, your soul is Ill, still needs to take heed to the things that it's heard. Amen. So we're reminded here that we have to hold fast our confidence, our assurance, and hope until the end. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, it says, God, who in sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness, hallelujah, of his glory and the expressed image. And as we go through, I was uh, just amazed as I was going through uh, my study and looking at the light and the brightness and how often we see these things, the expressed image, the revelation and all the things, the mysteries that have been revealed, all the things that are pointing to this great 
light, this revelation that we have, and the expressed image of his person. The same Greek word as used as in confidence, which means assurance. Hallelujah. He is our assurance and his person of upholding all things by his, the word of his power when he had made himself, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Hallelujah. What's that name? Jesus. Hallelujah. All power in heaven and earth belong to that name. Amen. If you have a revelation of that name, you have all the power at your side, all the power at your ex- uh, existence, amen, to overcome this world. Amen. He's been so much better than the angels because he has a more excellent name than they. But he is the expressed image of his person. Hebrews 11.1 one says, now faith is the substance, the same Greek word that means assurance. The assurance of things that are hoped for, not that not of things that are possessed, but these are things that are hoped for. How many know this is a walk of faith? It's the evidence of things that are not seen. Amen. Remember when Thomas and saw Jesus and or was with the disciples and they said, you know, we've seen the Lord. And he said, unless I see him for myself, I'm not going to believe. And then. Later on, Thomas was with them when Jesus appeared and Thomas fell down and he said, my Lord and my God. Hallelujah. And he said, Jesus responded and you're because you've seen me, you believed. Blessed are they that have that believe that have not yet seen. Amen. Aren't you thankful that we can be blessed in the Lord through faith, confidence in 312 person in one three and substance in eleven one all come from the same Greek word meaning the settling under this support that we have concretely or assurance. It made me think of that song Blessed Assurance. Hallelujah. Jesus is mine. Oh what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood speaking to a lot of old timers out there y'all remember this don't you the good old songs amen hallelujah this is my story and this is my song praising my savior all the day long perfect submission perfect delight visions of rapture now burst on my sight you know what the interesting thing about this is these lyrics were written by Fanny Crosby, who was a blind hymn writer. She was blind, but yet she had the visions of rapture. Really, spiritually, we have the, the word of God and what it tells us, but we've never really seen it. But we have visions of a rapture. Are you hoping in the second coming of the Lord? Hallelujah. Are you watching and waiting? Hallelujah. Angels descending bring from above echoes of mercy, whispers of love. This is my story. This is my song. 
praising my Savior all the day long. He is our assurance. He is our firm foundation. Amen. He said, take heed how you build upon this foundation. But this is my story that I'm going to praise God all of my life. Hallelujah. I will bless the Lord, Psalms 34 tells us, at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. It doesn't matter whether you're going through the good times or the bad times. We need to praise the Lord. Praise him when things are going good. Praise him when things aren't so good. Amen. When we begin to worship God, it begins to get his attention. Hallelujah. He understands that we're just human, frail flesh, but he inhabits the praises of his people. Amen. We need to worship God. We need to praise him with all of our heart, all of our mind. Hallelujah. And I haven't always done the right things in my life, even since I've come to the Lord. I've made many mistakes, but one thing I've never ever thought about, and that's leaving the church. There's never ever been a time when I've thought, you know, I'll just walk out on this. This just isn't for me. No, I've made my way, and I know all of you have too, to the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Because we know that this is where our strength is. This is where our confidence is. This is where we find the image, the person of Jesus Christ, the image of Almighty God. Amen. This is where we find our faith, which is a substance of things that are hoped for. We don't always see it, but we hope for these things. Hallelujah. And we find them through the word and being in the house of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13 says, These all died in the faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. I'm speaking to somebody today here that might be a little discouraged that things you just can't quite see what it's all about. You may think that God has lost your zip code. I want you to know that God knows exactly where each and every one of us is. God knows exactly which uh, which and every one of us needs in our lives. He's not going to leave us. He's not going to forsake us. Hallelujah. But we might not see it, but we can see it afar off. Hallelujah. These guys did in the New Testament, in the book of Hebrews, and it said they were persuaded of them. They embraced them and they confessed, hallelujah, that they were strangers and pilgrims on this earth. I want you to realize today that we need to embrace the things of God, hallelujah, to confess and to be persuaded of the things that God has for us. We might not always see it. It makes me, it reminds me of the story about the blind man in John chapter number nine. It's so interesting to read that story, I think. And it just gives us some great insight to what Christ has really done. Because it says in uh, John chapter one, I believe it is, that this man was born blind. And Jesus and his disciples came by. And they would begin to have a conversation about this blind man. And Jesus said, I must do the work while I'm here. He said, while I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. How many know we're living in a dark world today? But the darker the night, the lighter the light. Amen. The brighter the light. And we have a God, hallelujah, that is the light of the world. But they, Jesus came and he healed this man. And, and he, um, they got all upset. And of course, Jesus and his 
routine. He did it on the Sabbath day, which really threw them all into a tizzy. Amen. He always did everything to upset the apple cart. Amen. But he healed them on the Sabbath day. And he and they begin to question this, you know, who healed you? And he said, I, I think I'm not sure. I'm just paraphrasing this. But he said, I, it was a man by Jesus. He touched my eyes with the made clay and told me to go wash in the pool of Shiloh. And I went and washed and I came seeing. I once was blind, but now I see. Amen. He said, I came seeing. And they begin to quail. Oh, this man's an evil man for he did it on the Sabbath day. And they, are you sure? They weren't even really sure that he had received this in his life. And so he had to call his mom and dad. They called his mom and is this your son? Yes, this is our son. Yes, he was born blind, but how he was healed, we don't know. You're going to ask him. He's old enough. He can speak for himself. Even the parents backed out on this guy. Because the Bible says that the, anybody that accepted this new way, Jesus, they were going to be put out of the synagogue. It says that in, in there somewhere in chapter 9. So they didn't want to get committed. They just said, yeah, this is our son. Yes, he was born blind. But he can speak for himself. So they begin to continue to question him. And finally, you know, he just got beside himself. And they said, this man is a sinner. And he said, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. But he said, this one thing I know. I once was blind, but now I see. Takes me back to when I came into the house of God and I came into the church. I got the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and man, I was on fire. I was feeling good. I I was once blind spiritually, but now I could see. I go home, and nobody was happy about it at my house. My parents were saying, oh, man, he's he's in a cult. I don't know what's wrong with him. He's in a cult. They got all nervous, called our preacher that we used to go to, that I used to go to, and uh, they said, oh, don't worry about it. You know, he'll get over it someday. He said, he's, uh, but they were so concerned it was a cult. And I said, I don't know if it's a cult or not. <laughs> but one thing I know, once I was blind, but now I see. Amen. I once was bound by alcohol, but now I don't even have a desire for alcohol right now. I don't know about it, but everybody that's around, they're just trying to do the right thing. I don't know if it's a cult or not, but I know that once I did not have any hope, but now I have a hope I can remember laying on my bed as an alcoholic, leaning back and just no hope, wondering what it's all about, wondering what God was going to do with me in my life and just so hopeless. But I'm thankful for the light being turned on. Hallelujah. I don't know about it. I don't know if it was a cult or not. I know now it's not. Amen. But I knew one thing that my life had changed. Amen. And changed for the better. Isn't it something that you're, the world still wants you to drink and the world still wants you to cuss and the world still wants you to be on drugs, amen? The world still wants you to do all those things because when you get delivered, they're not all that happy about it, amen? But thank God for a God that is the light of the world, hallelujah. And so we have this warning that he brings to us. He said, take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you of an evil heart of unbelief departing from the living God. Hallelujah. And I don't know how it all works, but I believe that God moves upon the heart of every individual. It says that he lit up all men. Amen. I don't know how that all works. I don't know how God moves on the lives of different individuals, but I believe 
that in every individual there's a measure of faith. And I believe that God moves on the hearts of he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God draws us and we can't come to him unless the Lord draws us, the Bible says. But I can remember when I was eight years old, I had one of those drawing moments and I had just, it was a Christmas Eve and I'd just come home from a Christmas play and I can remember at eight years old, I got on my knees and I just began to pray, Lord, don't ever let me forget the true meaning of Christmas. That's really all I knew about God was from a Christmas pray and play. And I just know at eight years old, I said, God, help me. And to never forget the true meaning of Christmas. Amen. I can remember when I was in junior high and we were all standing around a bunch of the friends and everything. And the conversation of God came up and everybody, most of the people were saying, no, there's no God. And they came to me and I said, no, there, there's probably no God, you know. And I went away from that so convicted in my heart. So like I got down on my knees and I said, God, forgive me. I will never ever deny you again it was just a time a moment i don't know if anybody else has had those things in their lives i can remember being in the bar when i was in in, uh, 18 years old and on the music uh, jukebox or whatever it was called i can remember the song being on there saying burning with the devil and everybody was taking their beer mugs and slamming them down on the tables burning with the devil burn and i thought within myself i said You know what? I don't really want to burn with the devil. It was moments, God moments in our lives where God begins to pull you. And you've all had those. We've all had those things. And he's just saying, take heed. Don't let those things slip away from you. Because he said, I'm the light of your life. I want to be with you all the days of your life. Amen. And when I was 19, thank God, he did show me what the true meaning of Christmas was all about. Hallelujah. He did come into my life, filled me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus name. God is so good to us. Hallelujah. I don't want to ever forget. Hallelujah. And you don't know. Hallelujah. Like I know what God has done for me. So don't judge me when I'm up here dancing and shouting. Amen. Because I don't really care what you think. I know what God has done for me. I know how I used to act when I was in the world. And I don't really care how you think when I act when I'm in the church, amen, because God has set me free, amen. So he says, take heed that you don't depart from the living God. He said, take heed. The definition is wide open eyes. He says to look on as something that's remarkable to look at. Behold or beware. It's used sometimes in Matthew 24 and verse number four. Jesus answered and said unto them, take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. This Matthew chapter 24 is is where they talk a lot about the end times and they get a lot of information from the ending days. And folks, we are living in the ending days. Amen. It's clear. It's on. It just seems like it's on the news everywhere you look. Uh, God is speaking and things that are happening all around us that tell us that this is the end days in which we're leaving. He says, take heed during this time that no man deceive you. Amen. For many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. Deceived means to roam from safety or to roam from truth to go astray. I don't want to go astray. I don't know about you, but I want to stay in the in the house of the Lord. John chapter 1, verse 1. 
in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made in him. In God was life and the life was the light of men and the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. It's not that the light didn't understand it, but comprehended means to take eagerly or to seize it or possess it. If you've not taken hold of this yet, if you've not taken possession of this yet, of this truth, of this revelation that Jesus is the expressed image of Almighty God, how many know that's the most important revelation that you can come across in your life of who Jesus Christ is? He is the manifestation of God in the flesh. Amen. And the world's beginning to see that. A lot of churches, a lot of different denominations are beginning to see it. They've already accepted the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Which used to be considered wrong or evil or even de demonic. But they've all changed their minds on all of that. And the, the world is receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the revelation of Jesus Christ, hallelujah, is what is next in their lives. Amen. It says, the light shineth in the darkness. This constant theme of light and darkness is all through the new testament we are in a battle folks we are in a battle we don't fight against one another but against powers principalities spiritual wickednesses in high places the dark things of this world we are in in battle with that but the light shines in the darkness if you are eager enough if you'll just possess it seize it hallelujah you can be an overcomer Paul told what his mission was as he stood before Agrippa in Acts chapter 26, verse 18, to open their eyes. This was Paul's mission that he said, and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God. Has anybody here been delivered from an addictive habit? Anybody but me has overcome an addictive habit where God has delivered you from the power of Satan unto the power of God. From darkness into light. Hallelujah. I want you to know all power comes from Jesus Christ. First Peter 2 and 9, he says, but you are a, pro, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that we should show forth the praises Amen. Did you come to lift up the Lord? Do you live your life as a praise to Jesus Christ? That's what we're called to do of him who hath called you out of darkness into this marvelous light, which in times past we were not a people, but now are the people of God, which have not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Hallelujah. I was once lost. Uh, on my way to a devil's hell, hallelujah, without any mercy. But thank God for the mercy of God that came into my life and into your life. Hallelujah. And we became the children of God. Amen. We are a family of God. Therefore, in Hebrews 2 and 1, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. Least at any time we should let them slip or drift away. There was a man back to that same chapter there in John chapter one. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. 
the same came for a witness to bear witness of the light. John the Baptist, who in all the other gospels is kind of referred to as the forerunner of Jesus Christ. And he was the forerunner of Jesus Christ. Here, John describes him as a witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He, John the Baptist, was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of the light. That was the true light that lighteth every man. There it is. That lighteth every man that cometh into the world. The true light. So if there is a true light, then there can be a false light. Amen. You need to know the word of God. You need to know the gospel, the doctrine of the apostles. Hallelujah. And you need to be in this church because this is where they preach it and teach it. Hallelujah. God is good to this church. The power of the word is ever prevalent in our services and in our lives. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Second Corinthians eleven fourteen, and no marvel for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. So we have here the true light and we could probably come to the conclusion that the gospel, you know, this true gospel, there's a lot of word out there. There's a lot of gospels out there. There's a lot of preachers out there that aren't preaching the true light. Amen. And even Satan himself can transform. Jesus is the light. The devil has to transform himself into light. Amen. He's not going to come after you with a red suit, long pointy tail and a pitchfork. Amen. You might not even recognize him. It might look pretty good. It might look right. Amen. But you better make sure it lines up with the word of God. Hallelujah. And the true light which is Jesus Christ. Amen. Galatians 1 6 says, For I marvel that you're so soon removed from that, from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. In case you didn't hear it, verse 9 repeats it. As we said before, so I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. Amen? It's not that all these different religions all lead to the same place of heaven. No, sir, there's only one God, and his name is Jesus. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse one, wherefore, seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy, Paul saying to the Corinthian church, we faint not. We're holding steadfast unto the end, if you will, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, not handling the God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Paul said, we come, we don't come with pretense, we don't come with anything else but the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid from them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them 
which believe not. Here, once again, at some point, I believe at every person's life, these different moments come upon them. And they have the opportunity, whether they want to accept it or believe in it or just to turn away from it. And he says, if we turn away from it, if our gospel is hid, it's hid to them that are lost, whom the God of this world hath blinded. He's put a veil over them that they believe not least the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ of Christ, who is what the image of God should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus, the Lord, and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Another blind person that we know of in the Bible was the Apostle Paul. He was blind for a moment. On his way to Damascus, he was going down the road to Damascus and a great light appeared and shone upon him and blinded him for a while. And Paul asked this all important question, who art thou, Lord? Who art thou, Elohim? Who art thou, Jehovah? Who art thou, the God of the Old Testament? Question mark. Amen. Remember, Paul was a Pharisee. He was a Jew above all Jews. He even bragged about his uh, credentials in one place. But he said they don't count anything. But he was a Jew. And Deuteronomy 6, 4 tells us this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. When Paul was saying, who art thou, Lord? He was wanting to know the answer to this uh, verse in Deuteronomy 6 and 4. The Lord our God is one Lord. And the, and the answer came back, I am Jesus. Hallelujah. If you want to know what the true light is, it's Jesus. Hallelujah. You make sure it all points to Jesus. And Jesus' name, baptism, is what sets the church apart. Amen. Many have received the baptism of his spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, but it's baptism in Jesus name. That is a revelation, folks. If you have that, you need to hold on to that. You need to take heed that you don't let it slip away from you. Hallelujah. Because we have the revelation of Matthew 28, 19, when Jesus told his disciples, go out into all the world, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We know that the name, hallelujah, is Jesus. And we know that the apostles had that revelation for when they baptized, they baptized in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus, you need to get baptized in the name of Jesus. Repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. We need to realize that the revelation of Jesus is a great treasure, folks, that we have. That we need to grasp a hold of that and not let go. Luke chapter 11, verse 34 says, The light of the body is the eye. Therefore, when thy eye is single... Thy whole body also is full of light. When, you're, when your eye is clear, when you know where you are, when you know what you believe in, when that's clear, that's single, then the whole body is full of light. But when thine eye is evil, thy body is also full of darkness. If your eye is diseased, 
He said, take heed. Everybody say, take heed. Therefore, that the light which is in thee be not darkness. If thy whole body, therefore, be full of light, having no part darkness, the whole shall be made, shall be full of light as when the, as when the bright shining of a candle doth give thee light. Matthew tells us in chapter 6, verse 20, don't lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor, or it says, but lay up, I'm sorry, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single or clear, thy whole body shall be full of light. There is one Lord and there is one faith and there is one baptism and there is one God, hallelujah, and one Father of all who is above all, through all, and in you all, hallelujah, which leads us to the next take heed, if you will. And Jesus said unto them, take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. Luke 12 tells us, a little bit more of what that is in Luke 12 verse 1 it says beware of the leaven of the Pharisees which is hypocrisy amen we have this truth we have this great treasure that we have possession of we've had this revelation this light of Jesus Christ amen we need to hold on to it with a true heart amen it's a true light and we need to have a true heart for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed. Take heed, he says. Beware of hypocrisy. Nothing covered that's not going to be revealed. Everything is going to be brought to the light. Sometimes it's brought to the light now in your lifetime. But eventually everything at that day of judgment will be brought to life. We are not getting by with anything. Amen. It's not... It's not uh, that shall not be revealed, neither hid, that thou shalt not be known. Wherefore, whatsoever ye have spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light. And that which ye have spoken in the ear in closets shall be proclaimed on the housetops. Amen. We need to be careful in our walk for God that we don't become like the Pharisees. Hypocritical. We look good on the outside. But inside, we're just full of dead men's bones. Even Shakespeare understood this, and he wrote, he said, The devil can cite scripture for his purpose. An evil soul producing holy witness is like a villain with a smiling cheek. Oh, goodly apple rotten at the heart. Oh, what a goodly outside falsehood hath. Amen. We don't just need to try to go through the motions, try to fake everybody out. We just need to get honest before God. He said, take heed about this. Don't allow it. Don't become just a, a hypocrite in your walk with God. Hebrews chapter number 6 or 10 verse 16. It says, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and in their minds will I write them. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the 
blood of Jesus by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, through his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God. Verse 22, let us draw near with a true heart. Let's draw near to God with a true heart. Amen. Let's be honest. Let's lay ourselves out before him. The psalmist said, search me, O God. See if there be any wicked way within me and reveal the way of everlasting life. Amen. But he's saying, let us draw near with a true heart. Hallelujah. We have the true light. We need to possess it with a true heart. Hallelujah. In full assurance, there's our word of assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Moral awareness, amen, of where we are. Like on the day of Pentecost, when Peter began to preach to them, the Bible says that they were convicted in their hearts. Amen. They were pricked in their hearts and they asked, what shall we do? Amen. We all know his answer to them was repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hebrews 4.16 tells us to come boldly with confidence under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. So we have this great invitation that God gives to us. We have this great revelation, this great light. And we have this great, he says, just come to me, do everything through my name, come to me, bring it all to me. But the stipulation is with a true heart. Let's be honest. He said, take heed to this, have a true heart. In all of God's word, one of the major themes that we read about is approach God with a true heart, a real heart, a genuine, authentic, sincere not deceitful, and not to lie hid. Come open before God. Allow him to do his work in our lives. We have the example of Adam and Eve and hid themselves after they had sins. And and of course, there's always consequences to our sins, but God is trying to reach us no matter where we are. And like I said, there's consequences to God, to our sins, but God desires to extend an arm of mercy to each and every one of us. But God asked Eve some questions. He said, where are you? And he said, who told you that you were naked? And he said, did you eat of the tree? I told you not to. And don't we do the same with our kids? We say, Trevor, get in here. Or Johnny, maybe I'll use the word Johnny, get in here. Johnny, where are you at? Did you break the lamp? Did I not tell you, do not throw the ball in the house? So we ask the questions that haven't changed any. It's still God asking the same questions. Where are you? We have to ask ourselves these questions. Where am I? Am I doing what God wants me to do? Now, it's our hope, isn't it, that little Johnny is going to confess. That's what we want. And we're going to love him more when he does. And we're going to help him and we're going to beat him first. And then we're going to wrap our arms of love around him and to let him know that there is mercy. Hallelujah. We want him to fess up because if he doesn't confess up, caught red handed and he doesn't fess up, we have a bigger problem on our hand, don't we? Amen.
So that's what I'm trying to say in our walk with the Lord. Let's not be hypocritical if we don't fess up to our own lives. Amen. They say you graduate from childhood to adulthood when you take responsibility for your own life. Hallelujah. And as we come into the house of God, we need to realize that we need to take responsibility. And if we refuse to repent of our sins, hallelujah, we tell Johnny, we say, we want you now, I want you to go to your room and I want you to think about what you did. I want you to reconsider. And that's what God wants us to do. Repent. That's why repentance is the first step in salvation. And that's why we have to do repentance in our lives. It's not, it's the only thing that we can do really is repent. Amen. The ministry is the one that'll take us and baptize us. And God gives us the gift of the Holy Ghost, but only we can repent. Only you can repent. And that's a changing of direction. It's saying, I don't want this walk. I want to turn around and go a new direction. I've baptized thousands of people in the name of Jesus Christ. Always try to stress the fact to them, have you repented? Have you determined? You know, most of them are not even here today. Amen. And I don't know where they're at. They may be living to God somewhere. But without repentance, amen, when you go down into the watery grave, you're just getting wet. There is a remission of sins that is there when we're baptized in Jesus' name, but it is preceded by a repentance. And really that repentance never ends. Paul said, I die daily. Amen. I die out to myself on a daily basis. Take heed to yourselves, Luke 21. Least at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and the cares of this life. So that that day come upon you unaware. We need to pray that the day of the Lord will not come upon us unaware. Amen. Take heed. Many are going to be deceived. Many are going to drop off. Many are going to be taken by surprise. He says, I come as a thief in the night. Amen. But the church doesn't have to be caught off guard. Amen. The cares of this life will sometimes get us all entangled in the world where we can't hardly see above the above the water. But God wants you to just bring all of our distractions to him. For as a snare shall it come on them that dwell on the face of the earth. Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Do you pray that prayer? Watch ye therefore and pray always. Lord, I pray, hallelujah, that I'll be counted worthy to escape the things that are coming to pass and that I can stand before you, hallelujah, the Son of Man. Cares of life are just simply the distractions that the enemy tries to throw our way. We're admonished to take heed that you're not caught off guard. First Peter 5 tells us, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. We need to turn it over to the Lord. First Corinthians 10 says, wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he fall. Amen. Luke twelve fifteen. he said unto them, take heed and beware of covetous, 
nest for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. We have to be careful, hallelujah, that we don't get attached to this world. We have our eyes set upon heaven. Amen. He spoke a parable to him about the rich man that brought forth plenty. And he thought within himself saying, what shall I do because I have no room to bestow my fruits? This will I'll do. I'll pull down my barns and I'll build bigger ones, greater ones. And there shall I bestow all my fruit, my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto them, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? Amen. They use this old saying, it is well with my soul. It is, is it well with your soul tonight? If the Lord would come tonight, hallelujah. Are you watching for the Lord to come? Hallelujah. You can get your soul right tonight. Amen. He said, thy fool, thy soul shall be required of thee. Then shall, then who shall these things be which thou hast provided? And he said, so is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. And his disciples said, unto him, therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, neither for your body, what you shall put on. The life is more than meat and the body is more than raiment. In chapter 14 of Luke, a certain man made a great supper and he bade many. And he sent his servant at supper time and say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent begin to make an excuse. The first said, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets, into the lanes of the city. Bring in hither the poor, the maimed, the halt, the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded. And yet there is room. He said, Go out into the highways and hedges. Compel them to come in that my house may be full. For I say unto you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. And there went great multitudes with him. And he turned and said to them, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, in his own life also, he cannot be my disciples. Those are pretty powerful words that Jesus is speaking there because his whole theory and his God is love, right? But he says, if you don't hate everything in comparison to my, into your walk with me, you cannot be my disciples. Jesus has to be first in our lives. And then that parable, it talks about those that had bought things, that had bought and they had received possessions in their life. Those things keep us from the Lord. Uh, if he went and had to go to work with his oxen, Work sometimes keeps us, we become workaholics, we allows us to keep us from what we know we need to be doing. And sometimes someone said, I married a wife or our relationships keep us from the house of God. He's just saying, take heed.
don't let anything come in between our relationship with God. Hallelujah. Don't let anything come in between that relationship that we have with Almighty God. We have to hate this world in comparison to what God has for us. Amen. Take heed, the Bible says. These are some important things with wide eye, eyes wide open. Think about it. Amen. Beware, he says in some places. We need to realize that Jesus is coming soon and he's coming back for a church that is watching and waiting and has made herself ready. Amen. I want to be ready, don't you? Let's all stand. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 9, it says, Take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, and lest they depart from thine heart all the days of thy life. Teach them to thy sons and to thy son's son. Take heed, keep thy soul diligently. Amen. Anything that you're going to keep, folks, your soul needs to be the first thing that you're going to keep diligently. Amen. Can we pray? Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you, Jesus, for your word. We thank you, God, for your presence, for your mercies, for your revelation, O oh God, for the light of the world. Lord, help us, O oh God. Let us take heed to this great revelation that we have. Let us hold fast to it, O oh God. Let us be sure and steadfast, O oh Lord, and to build our lives upon this rock. Jesus, we love you. We believe in you. I pray for each and every individual that you would help us, O oh God, to be real, to be honest and open before you. God, we are nothing without you. Help us, O oh God, to lay our lives, our spiritual lives out before you. Do your work in our hearts. God, we want to be ready for your soon coming. Help us, O oh Lord, to be busy about your business. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, praise the Lord.